Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 55 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you're listening. A couple of days ago, I posted an episode looking back at the weekend's preliminary finals, and today I'm going to give you my take on the grand final, but I've also... I'm also feeling very fortunate to have a couple of guests with me today that are ones who have been previous guests on the podcast, and they're going to come on today and talk about their views on what they see the finals turning out to be, as well as taking a quick sneak peek into the 2021 season. Now, on Saturday evening, my time here in Ohio, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Harper and Lockie of the where do we begin podcast and Lockie has just joined the podcast and I have to tell you ladies and gentlemen these young men do a fantastic job with their show and if you're not listening to their podcast they have brought on some terrific guests onto their onto their podcast including uh, Hayden Ballantyne and uh, Brett Roseberry the umpire they've done a terrific job with the podcast I'm, I'm thrilled to have been able to be just a small part of it uh, they put together a massive grand final preview in which I was able to play, like I said, a small role alongside Rowan Connolly, Mitch Cleary, Penelope Scassiante, Claire Wardlaw, and Matt Turner. And we went into what our picks were for the grand final. We did a little bit of trivia, which if you go back and listen to the podcast, I have a link in the show notes. Um, I butchered a question that I knew the answer to. And uh, I'm just chalking it up to having been tired that night because I was up early that morning having watched the Cats game. So, like I said, I'll put a a link to the podcast uh, from their show in the show notes. And it was a terrific visit. And Harper and Lockheed, you guys are doing a fantastic job with your podcast. Keep up the good work. I wish you nothing but the best. I'm hoping to get you two gentlemen on here once you're done with exams and your, uh, your time settles down a little bit as well. Now... Before I get too far along, I wanted to reflect back on my latter predictions from this year. Okay, I went back and I listened to episode 13 of my podcast again, and I jotted down the uh, the actual ladder as it showed as it played out this season over the 17 games, and then I went back in and filled in my predictive ladder that I did back in March before the season began, right before the whole COVID lockdown took place. And I, I will say, while it is still not ideal, I'm glad to hear that those of you in the Melbourne area are able to get a little bit further from your house. Yeah, and like I said, I know it's not ideal. It's not what, what you want to have happening, and hopefully this ends very soon and things get back to normal. So looking back at the ladder, I, I feel pretty good about the fact that I ended up with six out of the eight clubs that made finals I had in my top eight back in March. I felt pretty good about that. Now, the two clubs that I had in my eight that didn't make it, first off, GWS. I had them finishing sixth, and, and I have to be honest with you folks, I would bet that most people that did a preseason ladder had GWS in the top eight. That's a very talent-laden team this year, and they, uh, they I think, quite frankly, underperformed a great deal. Uh, secondly... I had Hawthorne in the number seven spot on the ladder. This is a veteran club. They got a recent Brownlow winner returning from a leg injury. It's going to plug him back into the lineup. They got arguably one of the best senior coaches in the competition. Of course, you know, they're going to finish in the top eight. Like I said, I had them in seventh. I certainly did not see the precipitous drop-off that they were going to have this year. And let's be honest, I think that uh, Hawthorne is in for 
what is likely to be a significant rebuild. Now, the two clubs that I had missing the top eight, and I feel a little bit like an idiot about this, is that I had the team that finished number one. I didn't have in the top eight. In fact, I had Port Adelaide at number nine on my ladder, so I had them eight spots off. And the second one, and this this was my worst pick or my worst tip of the year, I had Essendon coming in at 15th on the ladder. So I really got that one wrong. I was off by nine spots on the ladder, half of the ladder away. So St. Kilda supporters, and I'm not sure. I think I might have said Essendon a moment ago, but it was St. Kilda that I had at the 15th spot. I'm sorry if I said Essendon earlier. Um, But it was St. Kilda that I had at 15 when they actually ended up finishing in the fifth spot. So I was way off on theirs, okay? In fact, I think that's actually 10. No, that's nine spots away. Okay. Um, So I didn't do too terrible of a job when I predicted my ladder. And in fact, the two clubs that are playing in the grand final, I had it the number one and the number three spots on my mock ladder. So I don't think I did too poorly there as far as that goes. Now, my first guest tonight is a gentleman that you've heard here before. He was one of my first guests back on episode number seven of the podcast. A gentleman by the name of Fro Jernhart from Florida, who is a huge Bulldogs fan. And my second guest that's going to be joining me on this podcast, and I've already recorded those as I'm recording this part, this part right here, and I'll go ahead and fuse those into the episode. My second guest tonight is Rick Shibani, who plays for the L.A. Dragons. He played a year with Caroline Springs in Australia back in 2018. Um, he works in the uh, entertainment business in Los Angeles. And both of these gentlemen, uh, and he was on episode 12 of my podcast, and both of these gentlemen came on tonight to give me their insight about the grand final. So we're going to start off with my talk with Frode, and we'll follow that up with my discussion with Rick. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I am joined now by uh, Frode Jernhart, the uh, host of Stray Dog Footy podcast and uh wanted to invite Frodo on to talk about the uh the grand final and what he's seen going on with the finals and Frodo appreciate you coming on sir oh my pleasure sir how are you today I'm great I'm great uh thrilled to be still talking about a relevant team this weekend and having something to look forward to looking you know to watching so it, it yeah. was a uh, it's a good weekend Congratulations on that. That was quite the performance. Yeah, and we won't talk about my Cleveland Browns because uh, they laid an egg yesterday. Let's keep it positive. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, a little. You you reminded me yesterday when you sh- you sent me the uh, video clip of the Factory of Sadness. Um, which, uh, <laughs> for those of you, for those of you who have not uh, caught up on what goes on in Cleveland sports, uh, Mike Polk Jr. is a is a comedian that works out of the Cleveland area and works with one of the TV stations and has done some really funny you know spot on videos about the browns and their foibles and their troubles and that sort of thing but we're not here to talk about them we're here to talk about the grand final and did you uh yeah i know you were wanting your bulldogs to be there and i actually i had them in the final with my tips at the beginning of the year but they didn't you know i had them number two on my predictions but uh yeah i mean it it could have, we could have easily got a little bit further, uh, you know, a few more minutes in that last game, and I think we would have, you know, would have just edged past uh, the Saints. But it wasn't our time this year. Um, we made the finals. I'm pretty happy with that, you know, and uh, the guys are looking good. And considering all the strange things going on this year uh, and just the fact that we had footy at all, I'm, I'm actually thrilled with how the season turned out. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I am too. It's and and, and that's, you know, outside of the fact that the team I'm supporting is still playing. It was it was great that they were able to to figure out how to get the season played. I th- I think that, you know, quite frankly, the NFL should be looking at what they did because I think the NFL might still find themselves shut down before it's all said and done. Yeah, that's uh, kind of haphazard what you know, who's playing where and what yeah. is going on. I, yeah. I you know, not that I followed that closely, but from what everybody says, it's it's pretty could be quite a mess at times. I think it's I think it's going to end up uh, biting them on the butt before it's all said and done. But uh, you had you had uh, when you looked at your you know you may not have had an official prediction list out, but did you have the did you have the final the final four? Did you have them in your top eight? Do you remember? Um, I I definitely wouldn't go against Richmond. Um, yeah, I'm. Yep. I, Port Adelaide uh, shocked me all season long. I remember you know just was it last year that they were pretty much saying uh, was it Coach Hinkley? Yeah. Uh, if he didn't make the finals, he was. He was gone. You know, he went, yeah, and I was like, ah, he's 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 probably you know looking for a new house somewhere now, right in a different yeah. part of the country, you know. <laughs> exactly. And right out of the gate, man, they they were they were fighting for him like like there's no tomorrow, and uh, so great on them. But heartbreak to end it like it did at the uh, at the end of the season like that, pretty close to you know, and yeah, could easily gone the other way as well. But um, you know, and they and they pretty much led wire to wire. They were, yep. they were pretty much in first place, you know, for the start of the season until the end. And, uh, but just, just, uh, and, you know, be warned this week and never ever count Richmond out. Because, no, uh, I, I know, you know, uh, was it when they played the, the, the Crows in the final a few years ago? Um, you know, I, I almost, almost thought about shutting off the TV at halftime, you know, the, 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 the Crows were so far behind, but, uh, right. Right. You know, and, well, that pretty much started the, uh, the the collapse of the whole club into the rebuild that second half of that final after Richmond. So, uh. yeah. and, and, and Rich, Richmond has now done that twice in the last three years yeah. to their to their finals to their grand final opponent. I'm, I'm hoping it's not a third year in a row. Uh, yeah. No, I I mean you never know. It, it's what's the saying? Any given Sunday, well, any given Saturday yes. when it comes exactly. to the AFL. But exactly. So have you got. Uh, Got your alarm set for Saturday morning? Are you going to get up and watch it live? Oh, absolutely! Uh, yeah. I just got a bu- buddy coming over. We uh, we started we started a tradition a few years ago when he, he would come over, and we were kind of following the uh, the Bulldogs, and they were they're sponsored by Mission Foods, right. you know. Right. So we said we should get uh, we should get some uh, you know tacos. So we would go to Taco Bell, the only thing open at midnight, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so that was our tradition. Now it's going to, we're actually going to have to make like breakfast burritos. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, he's coming over by four o'clock in the morning and uh, we're going to just, you know, cook up some breakfast and then uh, watch the grand final. So, okay. uh, it's different, but I'm looking forward to it, you know? Okay. So, you know, I, I had a couple of, uh, you know, questions I wanted to run by you and, and, and get your thoughts on it you know, in this segment, and I've got, you know, a couple of other folks that are coming on as well. Um, but uh, who are you tipping in the uh, the grand final? Well, despite what I said about Richmond, I, the way the Cats have been playing lately, um, you know, I, it's hard to go against them. So uh, I don't mean to jinx you, but if I had to pick <laughs> one, uh, and, and I'm often wrong, so I'm sorry, but I'm going to tip the cats, I guess. Hey, hey they, uh, they, they got, they, they're there, so that's a, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, God, it could so easily go either way, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, you think about Lynch and Dusty and, and, and uh, oh, 
that that crew you know and then but then you know you got a ton of guns and apparently no salary cap at your club either so well <laughs> so they, um they, they, you know whatever yeah. but it, it, it you know it, it's going to be a good game i think i don't think it's going to be a blowout right uh, i think it's going to be a really low scoring game quite frankly uh, very easily very easily yeah uh, but yeah well you, i you know i you know with ablett retiring i think that frees up a lot of money with harry taylor Stepping away, I think that frees up some money too. I'm not sure. Is Taylor officially leaving? I thought he said he's I, well. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> may, maybe, maybe. Yeah. He he, yeah. he looks uncomfortable when he runs. So I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know if it's official yet, but I know it's been talked about, yeah. and that's you know that's a big hole to fill as well defensively. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, a part yeah. of my uh, you know part of my reason for going with the uh, the uh, the cats is you know kind of like the old fairy tale story you know and, and seeing Ablett go out with a win you know it would yes. just it'd be a nice crowning you know achievement for the absolutely for, for just an amazing career yeah so. i'm it's going it's going to be sad to see him leave but you know it's again hoping that that it finishes on a positive note for him yeah so what what is your yeah, and you've been following the game a little bit longer than I have. But uh, what's your greatest grand final memory? Because in case somebody may not have listened to episode number seven of my podcast, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, if I had to pick one, I mean, it was, it's probably when um, when when after the twenty sixteen final, when when uh, Bevel called uh, Bob up on the stage and gave him his medal. Uh, I'd been a Bulldogs bandwagon rider up until then, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the crowd reaction and just that gesture. I mean, I didn't yeah. even know who Bob was at the time, you know, right, I, right. I've seen him on the sideline, but um, it just kind of started me down the red hole of, of uh, researching, uh, you know, who the Bulldogs were. And uh, before I knew it, I was hooked. I was, I became a member and, and uh, I'm a member for life. I'm red, white, and blue through and through. Yeah. You, you, you are, you are definitely a member, um, you know, some people might say bordering on need of an intervention. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's, if, if you, if you get a chance to listen to, to, to Frode's podcast, you know, he's, he's a huge bulldog supporter, but he, you know, he talks about, talks about everybody, but his memorabilia collection is, is enviable. Oh, I'd say, I'd say my podcast has got a little bit of a bulldog slant for sure. And that was kind of why I started it too. Um, when uh, when this whole COVID thing happened, you know, we sat at the bottom rung for that whole time the, the league was, sh- was shut down. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and suddenly and Americans are talking about it. And I'm like, wait a minute, you know, we're not getting the representation, representation we deserve here. Right, uh, right, right. <laughs> somebody's, even my goofy voice has got to say something at this point. So that's kind of why I started it. And I, you know, I like kind of introducing and educating people a little bit, you know, from the little that I know about the, the game. Uh, if I could help somebody, you know, into their journey. Awesome. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It, if I sell an international membership to the Bulldogs every now and then that's awesome. You know, that's, you know, that's definitely worth all the work. Uh, you didn't warn me how much work it was going to be when you started this podcast. <laughs> thing. It is, uh, <laughs> it is, but you know what? It's, it's, I, I found it to be a labor of love. I mean, I, I enjoy, doing it i enjoy seeing the reaction from people that you know the positive stuff and you know occasionally you know, i get you know i get you know pretty pointed suggestions in terms of what i could do better and and i and i truly appreciate that that's been a that's been a a great part of it i, I was a, a port adelaide fan who has been sending me a and i mentioned his name in a previous episode that has sent me countless 
um, articles and lengthy letters, the ones that I have not had a chance to, to do justice to in terms of my response to him. Um, I've got a couple more announcing gigs this week that I'm oh. done, pretty much done for the season, but it's been, it's been great to talk to him about oh. it. Oh, it's so awesome. I mean, just the fact that somebody takes the time to listen to, you know, the, you know, my, my scribblings and my ramblings, let alone to actually, you know, forward me stuff and, and engage me or yeah, talk about some of what I'm doing. It's, it's, it's kind of, you know, mind blowing in a way, but I really appreciate when people reach out. Yeah, I was stunned. I had, I had somebody actually listen from Russia last week. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Wow. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know why, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they were. Uh, yeah, that was kind of cool. So who do you see as the Norm Smith, Norm Smith medalist in this game? <sighs> it's, it's always hard to go against Dusty, isn't it? I mean, either yeah. win or lose. You know? no, that's true. That's true. <laughs> he, he might take it on a loss. I, I don't even know. Um, Danger show is, is something else too, you know? Yeah. So if yeah. I had to pick, you know, one of those two probably. And, and um, you know, I'll tell you, I think – and, I, and I'm just tossing this one out there, but I, I've been very impressed with Shea Bolton here in the last few weeks. He's been – Sure, sure. He's, be, he's becoming a star right before our very eyes here. Yeah. If I had my pick, I would probably, you know, say Luke Dahlhouse just because, you know, he's the next – There you go. Premiership star, you know. You know so what? It, he's it, probably it, my favorite cat, if I have to say. It, so. if, if, <laughs> if, if, he, if he's getting the Norm Smith, that's a good thing for – that's a good thing for the cats, okay? Because yeah, that's yeah. – uh, that's yeah, that, good, en- that engine's yeah. firing for sure. Yes, yeah. exactly. Now, here's a little a bit of an off-the-wall question I wanted to ask you. Uh, what do you think the over and under is for the number of times that they recall a center bounce? Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah. keep in mind, Razor Ray will not be there. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, if I had I, – I don't really know. I mean, I'm not even sure who the umpires yet. Have they selected them yet? I'm I, not I, don't, sure. I don't know. I just – I thought of that question. I thought, you know what, it's, it's happened <laughs> so many times recently. Yeah. Um, you know, if it was up to me – and, again, I'm just – I've only been watching this game for five years. But if it was up to me, I wouldn't have the recall at all, no matter how bad the bounce is. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, and this is just my opinion, but, you know, the reason they bounce it is, 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 you know, you want it to be unpredictable. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's probably why they started bouncing in the first place. If you just have a ball up every time, you know, it gets, it's the same thing. That, that, right. That crazy bounce yeah. kind of gets exciting. So, I, I it was saw, up to me. That's what I would do. But I saw a clip on YouTube or uh, Facebook today or something like that this morning before the school day started that somebody posted a little bit of a video clip from 1931 from a game. And it showed the the umpire bouncing the ball, but it was it was not like the bounce that we have now, where they step in and they bounce it two handed. It was where he he had the ball in his hand, in like his left hand, and he kind of let he kind of pulled his left hand out from underneath it, and then slammed his right hand down on the ball. Interesting to, to cause the bounce. It was it was it was unique. It looked effective, mm-hmm. but it was it was unique. Well, you know, the original rules actually, you know, they had kickoffs. Right. So, yeah. And so, uh, but they've been bouncing a ball since, you know, right around since Ned Kelly got hanged. So yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's an old tradition and uh, I would hate to see it go away. You know, right, it's, right. it's so unique and it's exciting. So, yep. So uh, the, are you predicting any lineup changes for your squad? Do you think? Um. Why mess with uh, you know if, it don't, if it's not broken? Why why mess with it? You know that's true. That's uh, true. Um, it's not, it's, I haven't even heard of any injuries. It, it seemed to be yeah, pretty I, I, I innocuous think, last weekend. Yeah, so, I think both spots. teams. I think both teams are healthy. So we shall see. But 
And one last question, and this is actually looking off into the future. Have you got a bold prediction for the 2021 grand final? Um, oh, the Bulldogs. Absolutely. Okay. Win, it, win it all. Okay. Sure. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I, I said it here first. So. Okay. Well, I, I, <laughs> I, I made a, you know, I made a, uh, and I've mentioned this several times. I said I was, I was already putting it out there that I, I thought Frio was going to play finals next year. I would not be surprised if they yeah. do. I, I just, you know, the they're definitely they, a team on the rise. Yeah, absolutely. The way they're playing defense, I think that they are definitely an option to do that. So, cool. Yeah. Well, hey, Frode, I appreciate you taking time out of your your Monday afternoon to to. Oh, uh, anytime. Anytime. It's been it's been fun. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go ahead and and snap this off here and and reach out to the other couple people that are coming on. And I sure, I Tom. I said hi. I will definitely do that. I thank yeah. you very much. And again, ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, Frode Jernhart of the. Uh, the Stray Dog Footy Podcast. I strongly encourage you to tune into that. You can find it on uh, the Podbean app. You can find it on iTunes. I think you're on Stitcher as well. Or not Stitcher, but the Spotify as well. Believe so. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So check him out. He's got some great bumper music as well. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's that's a catchy tune that you play there. So I, I wish it was original, but I really like it. And it, you know, yeah. red, white, black, and blue. So yep. it's uh, it kind and of fits it, what I'm doing. It definitely fits with what you're doing. So. Hey, I appreciate it very much for you coming on, okay? And uh, enjoy the game on Saturday morning. You too. Keep and in save, touch. Save me a breakfast taco, okay? I'll be down. Absolutely. Come okay. on over. <laughs> yep, or thanks a bunch. We'll see uh-huh. you. You bet. Bye-bye. Again, a big thank you to Fro Jernhardt for taking time out of his day to come on and talk some footy. I, uh, If you haven't had a chance to listen to his podcast, I would strongly encourage you to take a listen to Stray Dog Footy especially if you're a Bulldogs fan, because he has a little bit of a Bulldog slant to it, but he does cover other clubs in the competition, digs into other things, but he is a red, white, and blue Bulldog fan by all means, or a blue, white, and red as the case may be. So you can find that where you find your favorite podcast. It's on uh, Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. It is on the Podbean app and well as many other ones. So, and as Freud suggested, we are going to have to someday sit down and have a cats and dogs episode of some sort. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Ladies and gentlemen, my, uh, my first guest is a, uh, is a, a player for the Los Angeles dragons. He also played for a year in Australia. I had him on, on a previous episode of my podcast back on episode number 12, which was right before the season started. And it's purely a coincidence that the season got shut down shortly after that. There's no correlation between those two things. And, and uh, this is uh, Rick Shabani, who is uh, also involved in television and filmmaking. He directed an episode of a very funny series called What Brings You In, which you can find on Amazon Prime. And Rick, great to have you back on here and talk to you live again we've traded a lot of messages online over the last several months but it's great to see you face to face even though my camera's not working <laughs> no yeah good day craig it's good to be back i appreciate you inviting me back on and <laughs> that was quite the intro there and yes um it, i did get a chance to direct the episode of that show shortly before covid shut everything down back in march april um but yeah no it's it's um it's good to be back on the podcast and Obviously, I've been tuning in to uh, God. How many episodes has it been now? Uh, Thirty-five. This will be this will be number fifty-five. Oh wow! Gee. Yeah. This is. Uh, I've been. I've been, think I've, about. Been cr- I've been cranking them out. Uh, yes. 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 So it's been. 
it's gonna you know it I, I have a goal of i'm i'm little over 8,500 downloads so far. I have a goal of getting to 10,000 before I hit my one-year anniversary at the end of, in, end of December. <laughs> I'm hoping it happens. We shall see. We shall yes. see. But yeah, uh, definitely. You know, I, and, um, I, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's good to kind of get a bunch of opinions for what we're about to talk about. Just yeah. We've got, um, we've got the grand final coming up, obviously, Richmond Geelong. Not what I was anticipating, quite frankly. I, yeah. I thought Brizzy and, and Port Adelaide were just borderline unstoppable. And I actually right. saw, um, I believe it's the first time ever that a number three seed and a number four seed have played in the grand final together. And obviously Richmond and Geelong isn't exactly, a, you know, an upset. You know, they definitely looked apart all year. And of course, Richmond's track record the last three or four years is, you know, speaks for itself. But yeah, they're, they are... They're they're a dynamite squad. Yeah, it's uh definitely. And I think um and I think it's gonna be a hell of a game and uh definitely a strange grand final. I mean, you can't really say much more than already's been said, you know, not at the MCG, not at full capacity. It's uh, a strange world. We're all living in it right now, but I not think a- it's gonna be an incredible spectacle, even if the hardline footy traditionalists in Victoria might not <laughs> agree, but I think it's going to be a great, a great show. And um, again, Geelong Richmond, that's going to be a, an incredibly fierce contest. I think yeah, everyone's going to so. get their, everyone's going to get their money's worth, put it that way. Even though they weren't allowed to buy a ticket. Uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to, it is, uh, I, I, I went ahead and I pulled up my, uh, my predictions at the beginning of the year and I ended up actually having, six of the eight teams that were in the top eight. I, I got six mm. of them out in there. I, I was wrong yeah. on, uh, I was wrong on GWS and Hawthorne. Boy, was, boy, yeah. boy, was I wrong on Hawthorne. Uh, <laughs> really mm. wrong on them this year, but yeah, it's, it's. Yeah. It's, you know, it's um, it's been a, a, a very strange postseason indeed. It's uh, uh, just the fact that footy is being played in October is strange right. enough. Right. And uh, I think, um, I think it's just going to be, uh, an amazing spectacle like um you, you've never seen footy at this level at the, on this stage in in queensland ever and right. i think you know we we all owe them a debt of gratitude just for helping keep the season on course and uh Absolutely. making sure making sure that the finals had a home when melbourne had to shut down again so i yeah, think just- it's um i think it's going to be amazing and I mean, the game has grown so much in Queensland every year this century. Really, I, I think it's I think it's been outstanding, and uh, this has done nothing but improve that, and you know, ensure that there's a lot of a lot of high quality AFL being played up there. Yeah, I think this is going to be a the the fact that they've had to play so many games at the Gabba or at Metricon is is only going to strengthen the 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 game in Queensland because you know it is a from everything that I have read it's a rugby stronghold mm-hmm. and this has been a way for them to actually kind of find their way in and to, to maybe get a bit of a toehold there and and get more more youth playing footy rather than rugby so absolutely yeah it's it's been a rugby league town for decades you know for as yeah. long as anyone can remember it was a major rugby town then of course brisbane lions you know they're they're a team that came from a merger back in the 90s right, right. uh they're nothing amazing at first and then of course they had that absolutely sensational run of three p titles from 
2001 to 2003. And yeah. of course, to this day, arguably the greatest uh, dynasty of the modern era in the modern game. So I think, yeah. I mean, you could obviously make a, a case for Hawthorne back in the late 2010s, but and, you know, and, it's, it's um, or early and, 2010s. And, de- and depending on, and depending on what happens this weekend, it could be Richmond as well. You could say, you could argue, oh, this God. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. It's um no it's 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 been crazy and um I think yeah you know I think Richmond is gonna have as good a chance as any I wasn't surprised they bounced back as well as they did after yeah. the qualifying final loss right which again also makes this grand final unique I I can't remember the last time that you know both, both teams. teams that mm-hmm. lost the qualifying finals won everything else the rest of the way up into the grand final so yeah. I think that's a that's really sensational and uh, it's great to see and of course since i think it's the first time since 2015 that um it was two victorian teams so Mm -hmm. as they're as they're saying right now you can take the teams out of victoria but you can't take the teams out of the grand final exactly so you know looking back at your you know your experience with the game what what is your greatest grand final memory and it may not be the game it might be your your get-togethers at the at the the barter, oh, yeah. the fundraiser, possibly. Yeah, well, it was it was both in 2016 okay. uh, when the when uh the, that was the first grand final I ever watched. Uh, when of course the doggies yeah. shocked the world and beat the, beat the Sydney Swans, and I think that was an incredible grand final. No one anticipated it, and I mean, just the fact that the doggies were there was an incredible feat. And I think you know so many experts or so-called experts i guess you could say we're gonna say hey they've had a great run but there is no way they can beat buddy franklin there's no way they can beat you know all these incredibly talented swans players who have just dominated the competition most of the year so right right. definitely a massive upset and an incredible way for me to have my first grand final experience and it it was an amazing turnout at the pub that night too here in la so we were we were just on cloud nine just uh, having that euphoria, you really do feel like you're at the game in terms of yeah, just yeah. everything. You know, it's not it's not like where in gridiron, you know, in American football, you can uh, when the teams are punting, you can grab a beer from the fridge. Everyone right. is glued to the screen. Exactly. Everyone yes. knows that you know everyone's going to scream if there's a bad call. Everyone's yep. going to be on their feet chugging yep. their beer when it, when there are goals scored. So it's um it's just an incredible atmosphere. You know just like a pub in, in Australia. So I think yeah. there's, that's something we're definitely going to miss this year, like I said, but um, I think it's something, it's memories that we definitely hold dear, put it that way. Okay, so who do you, who do you think is going to uh, win this, week, this year? Who are you tipping this week? Oh, gosh. I mean, I'd say ordinarily it would be Richmond, again, just based on their experience. It's actually kind of funny that uh, Geelong beat Brisbane so easily because – in some, to some extent, I, I reckon those teams were kind of mirror images of each other this year. Like, everyone knew Brisbane was going to be good again. Like, they mm-hmm. shocked everyone by getting back to the finals last year and got to a prelim. They lost. This year was the same result. But, um, yeah, you know, like, this was the time where they had to stand up and say, hey, we're going to be – we're the hunted, not the hunter. Anyway. Right, right. So – I think everyone was skeptical that they would be as good as they were previously. And I reckon as long as Fagan is coaching, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. But um, with that being said, I think Geelong also kind of had the chip on their shoulder because, you know, you know, just as well as anyone as a 
Cats fan. Chris Scott's record has not been good in the finals. No, it hasn't. And, yes. and, I think, and I think everyone was really hoping that, you know, they would get the monkey off their back and kind of stop being the bridesmaid, you could say. Um, so I think both of those teams had you know, every reason to win. But, and it was an, an incredible first half last week when yeah, they beat the yeah. Lions in the prelim. But second half, they just whew, put their foot on the gas and Gary Ablett started doing Gary Ablett-type things. Yes, no, that, that it's, oh, it, I know you want to talk about that. <laughs> no, it, well, and it's just going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be great to watch him one more time, mm. but knowing that it's one more time is, is, you know, again, I've only been watching the game for four years, but uh, yeah, it'd be sad to see him step away from the game, but I, I completely understand it. I, I, mm. I get it. I mean, I'm quite frankly, I'm surprised that he's back. Yeah, with you know, with everything that's been going on, so I'm yeah, I'm thrilled that he's back. But I, I certainly understand why he left, and the fact that he did, you know, being a parent, I I get it. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. And yeah. I I think you know, there's no question that he's a Hall of Famer. There's no question he's going to be an AFL legend. Yes. Like I think it's um both you know literally and <laughs> in the the Hall of Legends and also just in general. Like I mean. Yeah, I think it's just a testament to his character that he was able to make that really tough decision to right. go back to Victoria, spend time with his family, and then yeah. come back halfway through the season, almost a bit reminiscent of when his dad um, suddenly retired in 93, I think it was, and then came back halfway through the year unexpectedly. So yeah. I think there's definitely some shades of that. Okay, And of course, you know, everyone's going to compare the two, but either way, they're just incredibly talented footballers right. and some of the best we've ever seen. So I reckon that'll give Geelong the edge going in against okay. Richmond just because, I mean, he hasn't even announced it publicly, but everyone knows this is going to be Gaz's last go. Yeah. And I think, um, shout out to Jackson Clark um, on Facebook uh, of the NT Football with Jackson yeah. Clark radio show. I know he's been on the show here as well. He posted something just the other day saying, Avalon is one of the all-time greats no matter what happens this week. And right, he's gonna, right. and he's one of the classiest blokes in the game, and you know, obviously one of the best players in the modern era. Period. So yeah, I think, and, um, it's, and that's one of the neat things that you know, and, and this goes back to even you know early on when I just noticing mm. how the players interacted with the fans in the stands when it was allowed to happen. That it was yeah. it was it was unlike anything that went on in the United States. You, you know, oh you'd yeah, see, you'd see kids, you know you know, getting baseball signed and that sort of thing at, at baseball games. But, you know, the NFL, that sort of thing doesn't happen hard, or hard, yeah. rarely happens anyway. Oh, yeah. A lot of that has to do with just, like, the grassroots roots, I guess you yeah. could say, of the game. Like, I mean, there's no, there's no AFL without local footy. There's no right. Stanfield without local footy. There's no VFL or Quaffle. Or every competition owes itself to the, yep. you know, the suburban leagues, the – the country leagues, all these different teams, all these different competitions all across Australia. Because, you know, like when you're kicking a goal at Caroline Springs or any other club in, in the area, you know, everyone's parked around the oval, honking their horns, grabbing some beers and dim sims and meat pies at the, at the stand, you know, like it, it's a real, it's a really authentic family atmosphere. Yeah. Like everyone, it's just a way for, for the community to get around it. It's religious in that aspect, you know. So you're always going to run into people you know at the local games, and it's always going to be an incredible contest, just because, uh, you know, your 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 kids are playing or your nephews playing, or it, it's such a great atmosphere, and that really carries over to the AFL. 
I know a lot of people would, you know, make the claim that AFL players are just more down to earth. They don't get paid as much as basketballers or American yeah. football players. And I think a lot of the reason for that is just because uh, this is a, a game that came out of pretty humble beginnings back in the yeah. day. And there were, it was, it's such a point of pride. It's such a distinctly Australian thing in every aspect. So I think it's just, um, it's just an extension of that. You know, the atmosphere in an AFL game is raucous and crazy. And, you know, it's, mm-hmm. there's, a bit, there's a bit more, there's a bit more drunken unpleasantness, I'll admit, than there yeah. is at, um, <laughs> depending on how the game's going, of course, and depending on where you're seating. But um, it's, uh, but yeah, it's just, um, it's just that type of atmosphere. Like you, you do, the players don't feel like they're an arm's length away. If anything, right, right. it's the opposite. And, you know, I've still got friends back in Australia who are going to post, oh, on this day in 2017, um, I took a selfie with Marcus Bonampelli, you know? Like, yes, exactly. That, and that's, well, kinda, that's the kind of thing that I, you know, I, I'd thought is that, you know, you, you just, you don't see, you know, the NBA players and the NFL players, they, they're not out in quote unquote public. You just, you're, you're not running in the same orbit with them. You know, right. so, but you know, the, the, the 40 players seem to be in the neighborhoods and in the communities and that sort of thing. And it's, it's, it just looks like it's a whole completely different, uh, different situation. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's unique from that respect. It yeah. really is. But going back to the game itself, like it's going to be very, very close. I, I don't, I would think I'm out of line to say we could be looking at a potential all-time classic, regardless of who wins. Cause right, right. These these teams just play smash mouth, energetic, yeah, um, bruising types of footy. And yeah. again, you know, Chris Scott has been criticized a lot, but I think Geelong is just lethal at the moment. They can do damage to you in so many different ways, and I think that's just a testament to the the level of energy the players have and the determination that they have to kind of prove the naysayers wrong. Because again, Geelong has constantly been in that good, but not great category. And mm-hmm. people yeah. were wondering if, you know, I mean, Chris Scott won a premiership in his first year. They were wondering if, if he had like, if he was really responsible for or the success or was he just inheriting an incredibly talented yep. list from his predecessor. So I, 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 I reckon, yeah, I reckon I it's going to be, it's going to be, really good litmus test just for what his legacy is going to end up being like is another is another loss the end of the road no of course it's not he'll be back next year but yeah like how is this going to affect their psyche being oh so close every year yeah that's true so who do you see uh taking the norm smith of uh, if richmond i'd say it'll be basher hooley because he was okay. robbed last year he was definitely robbed last year i, I know i'm not the first to say that but He's a, just an incredibly consistent player. I know he's had some uh, quad issues this year, I believe it is, hammy issues, something like yeah. that. But he's definitely had his issues. But um, I reckon he's as good as any um, when he's 100%. And okay. um, just has incredible speed and quickness, makes incredible decisions with the footy. And if Geelong wins, um, I, I, since Norm Smith normally go to defenders, I think maybe Tui or Harry okay. Taylor or somebody okay. like that, you know? And again, of course, Taylor, he's 35 years of age, I believe. He's, um, or maybe 33, I can't remember. But uh, yeah. he's definitely considering pulling the exactly. plug on his Stepping career. Stepping too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think, again, you know, that's motivation enough for Geelong to go yeah. out on top. But either way, it's, it's, um, it'd be great to see someone like Tui 
get the Norm Smith. You know, he, he'd be the first Irishman to do that. Mm-hmm. So that'd be that'd be very cool. Speaking of oh. which, um, I was really happy to see. I think one of the most improved cats this year is Mark O'Connor, and you oh, know yeah. he's been uh, he's been so much more consistent this year. I think um, too he's been a great mentor to him down in the back line, and of course the Irish boys have made a big impact on the great game of footy, and especially in the last few decades. So um, exactly, I think, I think that's really exciting to see because you could tell he was um, you know as a lot of the Irish guys are you know they're incredibly fit, but you can tell they're a little bit timid because the ball they're used to kicking in Gaelic is completely different shape right, and right. size to a, to a Sharon. But at the same time, pound for pound, or I guess I should say kilo for kilo, um, <laughs> they're just as, they're just as every bit as athletic and skilled and quick as a, as any Aussie kid is. And I think that's yep. why so many of those Irish kids are, you know, the shorter, uh, speedier types that can go off halfback flank or maybe on the wing in the midfield. Like I think they, um, they definitely can use that pace to their advantage. And it's definitely something that's kind of shaped Geelong's game plan. Like they're very, very dangerous when Tui can take an intercept mark or, you know, college as can do something special. Like I think there's definitely in terms of skill in the back line, that's something that's really improved. I think this year with Geelong's game. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have, I have two more questions I wanted to ask you. One of them is a little off the wall here. Mm-hmm. Over, over, under on the number of center bounces that get recalled. <laughs> oh, I don't even want to. I don't even want to take a stab at that one, to be honest. But hey, Razor, I'm sure Razor, everyone, Razor Ray will be in the stands watching. <laughs> exactly. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure everyone in Australia is happy that Razor Ray is yeah. not going to be umpiring the grand final. Yeah. But um. But no, he's someone, you know, as, as you might expect, takes the criticism in stride, definitely, right, doesn't, right. <laughs> definitely doesn't lose too much sleep over it. But exactly. I, reckon, I reckon the whole um, the whole country is happy that he won't be involved. And by the same token, you know, like I think a lot of people would want to replace BT in the commentary box these days too. Yes, so, um. yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Rome. Have a uh, Roman Roman Brian just go roam like through you know through the outback or something. <laughs> yeah, something like yes. that. Yeah. Here's here's yeah. something interesting that I found um, on Wikipedia. Um, it's it's worth mentioning that the capacity for the grand final um, is going to be thirty thousand at the Gabba. Now, obviously, that's child's play compared to a hundred thousand at the MCG. Right. Right. But um, it's worth mentioning that the actual capacity of the Gabba is forty two thousand. And thirty-seven thousand four hundred seventy-eight for AFL matches. Okay, so it's so, about, uh, it's about eighty. They're going to be at about seventy-five, eighty percent capacity then. Oh yeah, I reckon yeah. just about, and that's again, that's going to be incredible. Um, uh, big tourism boost, and again, just a big asset to growing the game in Queensland. Because, like I said, you know, like there's there's been a lot of positive growth, and particularly in rural Queensland within the last decade or so with AFL. Yeah making inroads in, you know, what's again, a rugby state. So I exactly. think, and of course the, it directly correlates to how well the Lions are doing. Like that's, that's not immune. You know, they're it, not immune to that. Cause like, you know, it's, um, you know, the rugby states like New South Wales, Queensland, you know, they're to some extent, they're the fair weather fans or, you know, when it comes to AFL, cause like it just doesn't have that strong grassroots support that league yeah. does. And um, yeah, so it, it's, um, it's, it's, uh, 
tough strategy, but at the same time, again, when both teams are clicking or all four teams are clicking, I should say, uh, that it, it, it really helps improve uh, not just membership numbers, but just participation numbers in Queensland because it is still the fastest growing sport in the state. Right. And I think that's really great to see because, you know, you, you so often don't see that in, in that part of the country. Right. Okay. The, the last question, this, uh, we're actually looking into the future here. Okay. So Ooh. the last question I have for you, uh, your bold prediction for the 2021 grand final. Oh, geez. Um, uh, I have to say, I think Port Adelaide might get back there. Okay. Um, I, I definitely Good saw call. something. I definitely saw something different in them this year. And I, I reckon no one, no one anticipated them being first on the ladder every round of the season. How often does that happen? Anymore? Well, like that's really, really hard to do, even in a, a regular 22, yeah. 23 round season. You know, like that's yeah. really, really difficult. So I, I tipped them number. I tipped them ninth. That was, that was the. Uh, I, I was off by. I had St. Kilda at fifteenth. Wow. Well, yeah. you were off on both of them. I yeah. Those, those, and, um, those are the two that I did not that I missed in the top eight. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, quite frankly, just in general, next year, um, I, I've I've already you know gotten a few predictions. That, you know, regardless of what happens this weekend. But I think, you know, again, Brisbane has staying power. Port has staying power. Richmond does, obviously. West Coast does, although maybe their premiership window is closing a bit. My Giants, I definitely say the premiership window is closing a bit, although there's still you know, plenty of talent to return to the finals. Melbourne, God only knows about Melbourne. Like, such a Jekyll and Hyde team. Right, right. You know, they're, they're – they're, they're, when they're on, they're on. They're they look like a top four side when they're on, but you just can't trust them under Simon Goodwin. And uh, you could kind of say the same thing for the Bulldogs, but I don't think it's necessarily bad coaching. It's just like they really don't seem to have the consistent identity that they need to be a winning mm-hmm. side. They've got yeah. a, a an identity. It's is it just a winning identity? I think that's the biggest question they need to right. ask themselves. And as good as they've been in, in recent years and making finals, even when nobody expected them to the last couple of years, they've still had so many bad games. Like this past year, they lost like six games by 30 plus. You can't yeah. do that if you want to be in the finals. And I reckon the doggies, you know, they're, com- they're always competitive. They've always got a shot, but you know, it's just a question if they can consistently have um, good injury luck and good timing, really. And Hawthorne, Hawthorne's definitely got to be in it for the long-term rebuild. Yes, they might exactly. get out of they might get out of the bottom four if they're lucky, but I honestly don't know. Even before all the drama at Essendon, you know, with Danaher walking out, Saad walking out, McKenna walking out, I still had Essendon as a bottom four side. They just yeah. can't get it right as of right now, and definitely some really rough times up there. I had um, them. I had them at fourteen. I picked them at fourteen, yeah. and they ended up at thirteen. So I was pretty yeah. close with them. The Suns are going to go up again. Uh, I think Frio. Yeah. Um, if my money is on anyone to kind of make the jump that St. Kilda made this year, yeah. You know where the expectations are so low, but they just go really hot out of the gate, and they just keep winning against all odds. I think Frio, just based on how they developed their young players this year, I think Frio is very much so in a really good position to yeah that's i've 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 said yeah. that on a couple of episodes already that oh yeah i think they're playing finals next year oh god imagine if they had kept Lockie neal 
imagine where they would be right now. Yes, yes. Mm, yeah, incredible to think about. But, um, but no, yeah, Frio can definitely jump up. Gold Coast can definitely jump up. Carlton, I have a feeling they'll stagnate. Like, again, they're, they've clearly got better chemistry. They've re-signed a lot of their kids. You know, they've got once-in-a-generation talents like Patty Cripps. You know, I think they've, they've definitely got the ingredients to maybe sneak into the eight. But as usual, the proof is in the pudding. And yeah. they've just – they choked so frequently in, in 2020. And, again, you know, I know they're a young team. They, they haven't gotten it all together yet. That'll come in time. But still, you know, it, it, it's going to be really tough for them to put it this way. No one ahead of them is getting any weaker, quite frankly. No right. one. So I, they're going to be really hard-pressed to get back to the finals. Good Again, point. I don't really have, you know, an actual ladder for next year. I'm just kind of making well, yeah, you know, that's ba- why, basic, basic yeah, that's, that's um, why I was, predictions. That's I was just saying, you know, who do you think yeah. – I, I wasn't looking for the whole ladder. I was just looking to see. Who, oh no! Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's fine. You did a great job of, of detailing mm, that there, and I, I took yeah. very copious notes because I'm just going to use yours for mine yeah. for next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, that was kind of something that I've been wanting to do on on the podcast for a while. Yeah. Kind of do a little uh, recap and look forward in terms of just who's uh who's really going to uh, move up, move down, move sideways. Yeah, what, have- whatever the case may be, and I think. Um, but no, yeah, I think there's a lot of um, there's going to be a lot of uh, interesting things happening in the off season. You know, still a lot of free agents that are still on the move. Obviously, the most recent uh, one was Jeremy Cameron. He wants to go to Geelong. We'll see if they have the cap space. Um, obviously, if Ablett retires, that's right. free, and and Taylor, that'll free up quite a bit. But I don't know how he would fit in to like their structures. With, I mean, and it's not just like you know him uh, butting heads either figuratively or literally with Tomahawk. But, um, I think, um, I don't really know how he would fit just in like, uh, the structures of what they like to do because they they are not short of, (laughs) of tall players. And I think there's, you know, their (laughs) four line is already so lethal that I'm not really sure, um, if Cameron would be a great fit there, but we'll see what happens with him. Part of of me thinks, you know, know, they're they're playing in the grand final and they have three first round picks in this next draft. I mean, that's, yeah, no, that's true. That mm-hmm. is, you know, it's an opportunity for them to, you know, to, to rebuild that, uh, that lower end of, you know, of their list mm-hmm. and, and infuse some young talent. Cause you know, they're relying yeah. on a, you know, a 32 year old Tom Hawkins and a 30 plus yeah. year old Patty Dangerfield. And, you know, and it's, and those years yeah. are going to catch up to them pretty quickly. Speaking of which um, I, I do want to, I do want to see if, if Buddy Franklin's going to, you know, be a hundred percent now that yeah. he's, he's getting up there, you know, it's no secret that they kind of tanked the Swans this year. Cause like, obviously they could have brought him back, you know, a little halfway through mid season, but didn't want to risk it. And by then they were basically eliminated from the finals. Anyway, I don't see Sydney getting out of that, like not bottom four, but bottom six, I guess you could say, like, I think John, John Longmire has, I don't think his job is in danger at all, but at the same time, you know, they're, they're cleaning house. Like I think they've already let go of a few assistants. They just did their first five or six D listings of young players just last week. I think it was, but I, 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 they're just kind of like Hawthorne where it's not quite a lame duck situation. Right. Uh, right. And you know, and you know, they're not going to go the way of, you know, Essendon or whatever, or, or, uh, or North Melbourne. But, um, I, I reckon that 
Hawthorne and Sydney, I think they're just kind of stuck in neutral right now. You know, they'll occasionally score a big upset. They might be super competitive against, you know, Richmond or Port Adelaide or whoever. But I just don't see the consistent winning from either of those sides and definitely don't see it from North Melbourne or uh, Adelaide. But, you know, with that being said, the Crows actually kind of sort of uh, showed some signs of life. At they the did. End of the year. They did. You absolutely. Know? Yep. De- definitely. And, um, you know, first wooden spoon ever. They're not going to live that down. But, no, they're um, not. But I reckon they've, they've got some pieces, not a lot, but some, a good nucleus to kind of build around. And, uh, and you know, if they draft well and get a couple free agents in exchange for Brad Crouch, you know, yeah, maybe, absolutely. maybe they can jump up to, you know, five or six wins next season, but you know, nothing drastic. Yeah, and of course, and of course, Gold Coast is, you know, probably the greatest, one of the greatest five win teams, if, if that's even a possibility yeah. in recent, in recent memory, because they were so close so frequently and yep. yeah, everyone's going to talk about, oh, they didn't even leave home half the year, but obviously in any other year that would have, that would apply to Collingwood or, or Carlton or any or, team. Or, or, or Richmond. Yeah, uh, of course. Uh, of course. Exactly. Yeah. So, um. Uh, the Suns are clearly in a good spot. And, you know, with a healthy Matty Rowell and a healthy yep. Isaac Rankins, that alone makes them very, very dangerous. And I and, think – And um, if nothing else, fun to watch. Definitely. And I yeah. think you could say the same for St. Kilda. Obviously, they weren't in as dire straits um, as Gold Coast was uh, this time ago last year. But um, yep. at the same time, you know, uh, Rutten was a, a really – or Rutten uh, was a really good choice. And – um I think that was a situation, um, you know, you want to kind of point out similarities with Frio because, you know, Richardson, St. Kilda, Ross Lyon at Frio, they were both kind of considered dinosaur coaches that needed to be pushed out and their game plans were too conservative. But at the same time, I think a lot of people knew that they had drafted well enough, they had recruited well enough to have a really solid list. And obviously, you know, when you've got – a guy like Patty Ryder or Jack Steele at St. Kilda and a guy like Nat Fife at Frio, you know, yes. if you surround superstar players with really high quality kids and veterans, you know, yep. there, some really good things can happen. And I think, again, Frio is a lot closer than everyone thinks. But, I think so too. But um, I'm not so sure about St. Kilda. Again, they're kind of like Carlton where the, the internal expectations will always be low. Their fans will always be loyal. They'll always be patient. But you, you do wonder if, again, lightning can strike twice there. Because, again, Carlton has some phenomenal young talent, no doubt there. Yep. St. Kilda, you know, really did amazingly well in free agency this last year. You know, your, your Dan Butlers, your uh, – I know Brad Hill what, didn't have an amazing season. But, you know, he had his moments. You yeah. had Hanabury coming over from Sydney. Like, they, they played their cards co- close to the chest in terms of – finding finding new pieces to build around and yep. pieces that weren't really superstars in their previous clubs. You know, you, right, you had right. Dan Butler who, um, you know, he, he was a, a great role player at Richmond, but he wasn't a superstar, but now he right. can go into an outfit, you know, go into a, a side like St. Kilda and really tear up the competition. Absolutely. Cool. Well, I'll tell you, I think we've covered everything. Yeah, no, they, it was, um, it was good to kind of go off on some tangents there. Just yeah. Again, I'm, I'm glad we can talk about footy because it's, you know, NFL season's kicking into high gear, but it's just great yeah. to still be able to have some footy happening. And, yep. of course, we've got 
the season's just starting up in yeah. Darwin. So um, there's definitely going to be some some NTFL action coming people's ways. You know, cool. they're, I think it's round three already. So yeah, um, I'm looking I'm looking forward to finding some of that stuff online to watch. Oh yeah, definitely yep. worth subscribing to that. Cool. Um, to the channel on YouTube, but um, but no, I think there's um, there's a lot of really interesting stuff happening. Of course. Yep. Um, but yeah, um, I think there's um, you know, heading into the preseason, it's it's going to be interesting. You know, hopefully Victoria, you know, is is able to let Victorian clubs train there uh, later on in the southern summer, of course. But um, it's 2021 is going to be going to be interesting. Oh, I think absolutely. Yeah. It's uh who knows who knows if they'll actually be playing back in Victoria next year. Oh, we we can only hope so. And yeah. um and uh what were your thoughts on the Brownlow? You know, I, I'm not surprised. I I thought that, you know, that Lockie Neal had a fantastic year. Mm. Uh and it was uh it was well it was well deserved. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm still learning the you know the the nuances in terms of how it's awarded, but I think it's it's through mm. it's you know through scoring that comes from the umpires, if I'm not mistaken, is it not? Yeah, uh, best and fairest as voted on yeah. by the umpires, and yeah. of course the um, AFL um, the MVP award would be awarded by the Players Association, uh, the, the Lee Matthews Trophy, you know, right, and right. there's also the the Players Association um, Player of the Year as well, so. Um, but yeah, um, I saw a very funny statistic um, on Twitter actually about um, a fun fact about the um, last seven Brownlow winners, who um, uh, all of whom grew up in a town or a suburb without a Maccas. Of course, that being McDonald's in Aussie yeah. terms. And um, yeah, someone on Reddit posted the last seven Brownlow winners grew up in a town or a suburb without a Maccas. Uh, Gary Ablett, who uh, Motoware, Victoria, um, Matt Prittis from Manjimup, uh, Western Australia, I believe, um, Nat Fife, of course, he's one too. He's from Lake Grace, Western Australia, Dangerfield, of course, from Moggs Creek, Victoria, uh, Martin from Campbell's Creek, and uh, uh, Tom Mitchell, of course, from Ashburton, and now Lockie Neal from uh, Kabibbalite, South Australia. So, okay. Yeah, um, and uh, he made a joke during the during the interview, I believe, about um, how uh, there aren't any statues in his hometown, but now they might have to put one up of him. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be a good thing to do. Yeah, it's uh, if he wins a second one, then it would be time to do that. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's um, yeah, it wasn't really ever in doubt. I don't think um, like the it, you know. The, the contenders that, you know, finished behind Neil, you know, you had Jack McRae, obviously Dusty, um, a bunch of other, you know, the usual suspects, Jack Steele, again, I, I thought he was the dark horse, you know, from St. Kilda all year, but um, I, I don't think Neil, again, I don't think it was ever in doubt. Yeah, they, they had a, a fantastic season, um, yeah, you know, and I and I'd have to go back and research because I don't know the answer to this. You know, as whether as to whether or not a mm-hmm. a Brownlow winner came from a, a a team that did that finished outside of the eight. I I'd be kind of surprised mm-hmm. if that was the case because you've probably got players that are you know that are dominant players that are playing on on dominant teams that are making the, uh, the right. Fun. Well, obviously, you you Ablett would be one of the more recent. Uh, choices because of course winning it with Gold Coast. Oh, that's true. Yes. Win, okay. Yeah. When of course they were 
still pretty terrible. So, yeah. um, and uh, I'm not sure who who else would have been the most recent one to play in a losing side, but he was definitely one of them. And again, that's because he because uh, he is who he is. So. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's obviously um, so different uh, when you play in a losing side. I mean, last year, of course, uh, Frio wasn't anything special, and Fife still ran away with it. And I mean, Patty Cripps was the other alternative. You know, Carlton was still really struggling uh, yeah. uh, back in 2019. How many games did they win? Five, six? I think it was six. But um, yeah, no, it was... Um, everyone thought he was a shoe in and then I think Fife kind of surprised some people with winning it. But, uh, you know, I think, I think that it's good. Cause like at, at the end of the day, bra- stats matter for the Brownlow, you know, not being suspended matters for the Brownlow. It, yeah. it's, there's nothing in there that says, you know, you have to be in a winning side. And of course since it's mostly, uh, it's usually given to a midfielder anyway. It's, uh, makes sense that, uh, a team like Carlton or Frio, where you know that's their strength, uh, that they would have a contender. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. What oh, you- um, I, I definitely, um, I definitely took notice uh, this past weekend. I, I can't believe we haven't talked about it already. You, you might need to eat some crow there, Craig, because uh, you, you uh, were talking about how bad Dangerfield's goal kicking was for the longest time. And <laughs> definitely. <laughs> He's definitely getting back to uh, his, uh, well, his better form these days. Well, okay, I'm. I'm that's because they're playing him forward now. They moved him out of the midfield. That, there yes. you go. There's my there's my excuse for it. No, I mean, well, <laughs> well, I mean, it's, he's. Uh, that's the thing. Like, I think it's going to be. You know, everyone's going to be talking about him and Dusty uh, this coming week. But um, you know, they're, they're kind of playing him in a similar uh, role to Dusty. Like, right, you know, right. they don't. They don't tip people with Dusty that far forward, but when he's when he's able to swing uh, up through hat forward and be able to co- keep getting those inside fifties in, you know that's where they're the most dangerous. And I think uh, you know Dangerfield, you know he had those incredible goals against Brisbane. I think he's he's definitely uh, more than exceeded expectations in terms yeah, of yeah. being able to convincingly pull off both roles at his age. You know I think that's really really huge, and I think it's uh, as good a reason as any, why Geelong have really hit their stride in the latter half of the well, season, and and it helps that that some of the young kids that have, that they've been playing in the midfield have kind of grown into those positions as well. Yeah, you know, that, that you've got you know Brandon Parfit has has had a very good year this year, uh, most definitely, and yeah. um, yeah, and he's not alone. I I was actually surprised that Cam Guthrie got as many brand yes. low votes as he yeah. did. I mean, he's been outstanding, but I would never. have thought he'd be top 10 so yeah. you know him ahead of Bontempelli like that was definitely surprising but he's had a phenomenal year and uh you know again I know we spoke about this previously or maybe it was in another one of your podcasts I can't remember but yeah they had that Tim yeah. Kelly sized void and they were inevitably going to take you know a few weeks to kind of figure out exactly um how they can improvise and do replace some of that production that he had but Again, I think all the young kids and all the veterans equally have like um, really stepped up when they've had to and and gotten th- those extra disposals or those extra marks when it's crunch time. So, exactly. Yeah, I've, I've been and um, I think I've Richmond been is going to be Richmond is going to be uh, you know in in, in a tight spot because I mean 
yeah, you've, you've got Martin and Kachin, but you've, you've also got uh, an equally good uh, duo, you know, Dangerfield, Selwood, all those guys. I think, again, pound for pound, they can match up against anyone. And I wouldn't be surprised at all, you know, as they say, the, the game's won or lost in, in the guts. So I think that's going to be the biggest matchup to watch. You know, everyone's yeah. going to focus on, you know, who, Tom, Tom Lynch versus Tom Hawkins. You know, who's going to kick more? Uh, how's, who's going to tag Dusty? Is he going to be tagged? All these different questions that are going to be arising this week. But, mm-hmm. again, I think it's going to be a very, very close game. I'm still yeah. tipping Geelong. But, um, and I, I would honestly prefer Geelong to win myself. But um, I think it's going to be really, really close. And uh, I'm definitely going to be – um, definitely going to be very keen to see what happens. And I think it's going to be a pretty low-scoring game, too. I don't, I don't think hmm. it gets out of the 60s. I mean, most games haven't. I mean, yeah, you can always chalk that up to the shorter quarters this season. Well, that's and, true, too, yeah. Yeah, like, that, that's been the main reason why, you know, the Coleman count was so low. I mean, yeah, it's been below 100 for years, but Tomahawk didn't kick anywhere close to 80 or 90 or 100. Right, so right. I think um, – but yeah, you know, the shortened quarters are definitely affecting that. They're affecting a lot of things, quite frankly. But um, yeah, and I, I think, um, you know, neither team's super banged up. You know, yeah. again, Hooley's healthy for the Tigers. So is Jack Revolt. So is, you know, Dylan Grimes. I think there's definitely going to be, um, um, I think they're definitely as fit as they've been all season. I think as a team, they're really fit as well. Geelong is in pretty good standing there as well um obviously you uh you wonder how they're gonna work in some of the youngsters like if if they're definitely gonna um rest some of their stars um uh or just you know rely on the young kids to get it done in in certain instances because you know they're definitely gonna try to throw curveballs when it comes to uh strategy and and making sure everyone's on their toes because that's where the game's won or lost so how do how are you going to adjust to what the other team does yeah or, yeah, and, and again, like everyone, that's why everyone's going to be talking about tagging, you know, like, are they going to tag Dangerfield? Are they going to tag Dusty? Like, I think, um, I think both Dimo and, uh, and Chris Scott are pretty good at keeping, keeping a poker face about stuff like that. So um, it's really going to be fun to see, like, who's going to win out in that, because it's, it's kind of, it, it's a chess match with those guys. Right, exactly. And I, I mentioned uh, in the podcast I did on uh, Saturday afternoon uh, where, you know, Chris Scott comes out at halftime during his halftime interview. It is, you know, supremely confident about how they're dominating the game out there. And, I'm, and I, I love hearing it, but I'm sitting here thinking, you're only up about eight points. I said, I, I would love you to be dominating by double digits here. But, <laughs> you know, he, he knows, you know, he knows more about the game than I would know in 10 lifetimes. So it's, you know, oh, of course. I, I definitely defer to him on that, but I was like, I hope, I hope that what you're saying is what you're actually seeing. Cause it looks pretty darn close right now. So Ooh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but it, you know, it worked out. So he was, he was correct. And uh, yeah, that was, that was good to see, but um, yeah. So, Hey, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to move on and try to catch uh, Tara here. And yeah. get this thing put awesome. together because it's uh, six forty, and I still need to make dinner yet as well. Because my <laughs> wife, my wife and her best friend uh, hopped in the car on uh, mm. Friday last week and drove to Colorado to go look at mountains. So oh, there you go. Yeah. So they. Well, yeah. Um, unfortunately, as Tara's posted on Facebook, some of those yeah. 
uh, mountains are on fire. So, exactly. Yeah. Not yeah, not not an ideal time of year to go, but you know. Yeah, hopefully. they've. I think they've stayed south of where all the fires are right now. Um, Good to were, hear. They did Pikes Peak yesterday. Nice. Yeah, which was something yeah. she had to she did as a child that kind of freaked mm. her out. So she wanted to conquer going on Pikes Peak again. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Well, hey, so, I'll hey, let you go, sir. No, uh, I, again, I, always I a appreciate pleasure. you coming on. I appreciate you coming on. It was great. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, I'll, I'm going to work on trying to get this out either tonight or tomorrow morning. Um, I've got to you know, record an intro and I've, got to, I've definitely got to you know, do a little bit of editing after our interview because there's a little bit of a gap there. <laughs> there <it> is. <laughs> it's all good but um yes. yeah like yeah. i said really really happy to be on the podcast again great to great to chat some footy with some mates and uh yeah i think it's uh gonna be a hell of an, a grand final and um you know we'll be looking forward to um recapping that and uh, uh and i'm sure it'll be really great and uh heading into the off season there's definitely gonna be a lot of unknowns, but you know it, we've still got footy, and yep. Uh, yep. things are things are looking up for you know, a lot of those teams. So I think it's going to be a great granny and a great off season. So. And we've got and we've still got the Watch AFL app to you know watch footy oh, yeah. all winter as well. So hey, I want to thank uh, Rick Shimani of the LA Dragons for coming on, and I I hope things get uh, rectified as quickly as possible out there for you to get back doing what you love doing. Mm -hmm. I in, in, in both things the yeah, the, the yeah. activity plus the the other stuff as well so right yeah. so i appreciate you coming on rick thank you so very much have a great week cheers craig take care yep you bet i'd like to thank again rick shabani for uh joining the podcast tonight rick it was great to have you on it was a little weird because we did this through zoom and uh the camera was not turned on for some reason on my computer, but the camera was turned on on yours. So I saw you on the screen, but you couldn't see me. And uh, it was a great talk. I do appreciate you coming back on again, Rick. You know, it, it's a pleasure to have you on. So before I wrap up tonight, I guess I better give you my tip for the game on Saturday night or Saturday morning at my time. First off, I think we can all agree that this has the potential to be one hell of a matchup. Okay. You've got the reigning premiers who have battled back from having lost their opening round game to Brisbane facing a team who after arguably their worst kicking performance of the entire season against Port Adelaide, when the Coleman medalist could not find the goal sticks at all, they've come back and defeated Collingwood and Brisbane by a combined 108 points in the finals. An impressive run on their part. So, you know, with the, uh, you know, will the Cats run past the Tigers this weekend? Probably not in the same fashion that they did against the Magpies and the Lions. The Tigers are the premiers. They've battled back from a great number of injuries this year to put themselves into the three spot on the ladder. They've had an impressive season. I do think this is going to be a low-scoring battle, however. I doubt that either either club scores more than 65 or so points. Maybe a few more than that. Okay? That being said, in my head, I think Richmond might win this contest. But I'm going to go with my heart. This is more than likely Gary Ablett's final game. And I think the Cats make sure that he goes off the grounds victorious. So I've got this game, and as I said, right around 65 points. I've got the Cats taking this one 68-61. to 61. I think that Patrick Dangerfield is going to end up winning the Norm Smith. And uh, 
when I visited with Lockie and with Harper, this was the same point differential and the same Norm Smith medalist winner that I had given to them. And I'm going to just go ahead and keep that. I'm not going to change my mind on that. So, ladies and gentlemen, there's my tip for the grand final. I think the Cats find a way to scratch out a victory over Richmond while cementing Chris Scott's legacy as a finals coach because it's been questionable for quite some time. And again, this is an opportunity for him to show that he can win a premiership with his players. Okay, a lot of folks would have argued that the one he won in 2011, he won with somebody else's players. So before I wrap up here, you know, Gaz, I know you're probably not listening to this. But if I may, I think I speak for all footy fans, whether they be cat supporters or not, that we wish you the absolute best in your retirement from your playing days. You, sir, are and will continue to be an absolute star. From everything I have read about you, you are a true gentleman. You are a wonderful parent. And while I've only been watching the game for four years, I want to go ahead and thank you for a generation of memories for all of the people who have watched you for the last 19 years. And they're going to be able to continue watching you online and in videos and things of that nature. Your legacy in the hoops is cemented in the record books. And sir, we wish you the absolute best as you go forth with what your future plans may hold. Now, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, if you'd like to sign up on the mailing list so that you can get each new episode delivered to you first before anybody else, there's a link to a short form in the show notes. If you'd like to sign up on that, I'd love to add you to the list. Also, if you have an idea for a show topic or someone that you think would be a great guest on the show, maybe it's you, please feel free to drop me a DM on Twitter at yank underscore on or shoot me an email at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. I would absolutely love to hear from you. And don't forget, while you can find this episode and all of the episodes of this podcast at a yank on the footy.podbean.com, you can also find it on your favorite podcast provider. And now that you've listened, I hope you'd consider giving me a review on the Apple podcast uh, site or on Podbean or Google Play. And let me know what I'm doing well. Let me know what I could work on. You know, I, I love hearing from folks. And uh, don't forget that you can reach me, as I said before, at yankofthefoot at gmail.com or at Twitter at yank underscore on. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at yankofthefooty. Before I finish up, though, I'd like to thank Joseph McDade for the use of a couple pieces of his music, Backplate and Elevation. You can reach Mr. McDade at josephmcdade.com slash music. And Mr. McDade, thanks again for your hard work and your wonderful music. Again, if you haven't done so yet, folks, and you want to sign up for the mailing list, it is there for you. Okay? Ladies and gentlemen, this episode is taking us into the final game of the 2020 season. A, a season that seemed unique to me. And I know, for those of you who have been footy fans your entire lives, this has been one of the strangest, most unique seasons that you have ever seen. And I know there are some folks that say that this year should have an asterisk next to the uh, the name of the premieres because of what went on. But when you, you, know, you stop and think what they have gone through in order to put this product on the field for us or onto the grounds for us to enjoy this winter, I, th I don't think we can do much more than applaud them and thank them for their efforts. 
Sure, they've been paid handsomely for it, but they've sacrificed tremendously as well. Okay, they have sacrificed a great deal as well. Now, again, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening. And while we're fans of our own clubs, deep down we're fans of a game that we all love, and that's the game of footy. And for those of you who are starting to watch the games here in the U.S. or in Canada, don't forget that Australian rules football, it's why they invented the DVR. And if you listen to this before Saturday morning, this game is going to be aired on FS1. It's also going to be on, I believe, TSN in Canada, beginning at 4.30 in the morning. So set your DVR. So if you don't want to get up and be up to watch the game like some of us who've been watching for quite some time, it'll be there when you get out of bed in the morning. Just stay away from social media because somebody's going to be very happy and somebody's going to be very sad. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much. I ask that you please consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. And may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later. This has been episode number 55 of Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or to yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at a yank on the footy. And again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. And please consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. And until next time, goodbye. <laughs>